Welcome to Afterlives with Kara Cooney, in which we discuss ancient Egyptian history and relevant current events that we think will be of interest to our audience. I am Kara Cooney, and I'm a professor of Egyptology at UCLA. This podcast is separate from my teaching and research roles at UCLA. In recent years, I've become active in communicating with the general public about the history of ancient Egypt through lectures, interviews, social media, books, and guest appearances. This podcast is my opportunity to take the kinds of deep dives into history that are not always possible in academic formats. Today, yes, we're talking about something. I'm titling the episode Body Shaming, and then in parentheses, and Positivity. Yeah. We'll talk about how the ancient Egyptians viewed these things. Yeah. Um, but so we're all looking at different forms of bodily representation in the art. And this came up because you sent me and Amber uh, a link to one of your favorite substacks. Yeah. Um, by Anne Helen Peterson. Mm-hmm. And it was all about fat representation in body shaming. How there, it's always the best friend, two steps removed, never the main character. Yes. We don't, we can't have a fat main character falling in like love. Bridgerton. Can only be the best friend. Penelope. The perfect girl with the perfect body is one falling in love. And then yep. the best friend is like, oh, I wish I could fall and in like love too, sidekick. maybe. Yeah. Or maybe they get to fall in love, but it's not like the main story yeah. you focus on because why would we focus on the main the, like, story kind of, of a funny, fat girl? Like, not Hawkeye. Yeah. 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 But so we were like, we should look at you know, body shaming and war positivity within ancient Egypt and see what, what they're working with. And it, I was also thinking of it because I was giving a talk and I always, it, about um, the Women Who Ruled the World mm-hmm. book, one of my Nat Geo Live talks, and I always have the image of the chieftainess of Punt yes. in there, however you perceive it. I know you have her on your list to talk I about, do. but I want to, I want to like touch on her as, as an inspiration for this mm-hmm. because it was a, a black woman who stepped up and said, the queen of Punt, it seems like the Egyptians are racistly showing her as an unwanted body type when African, particularly Central African bodies, look at her body type in a very positive way. And it's amazing that even 4,000 years ago, maybe not quite that long, but close, you can see these kinds of racist tropes appearing in visual arts. And I was Mm -hmm. like, holy shit, you're right. And, and so that made me think of Super it astute. as well. Yeah, yeah. Tristan Samuels um, has, has a whole article actually on oh the my representations goodness. of, um, her name's Ati, um, the Queen of Punt. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So in, in essentially- Where has he published it, Tristan? It's in the, it's in an African, I have it in the box folder yeah. of the article. Yeah. Um, but it's in a more the African Egyptology um, journal. Right. Or um, African studies rather than yeah, Egyptology. It's Afri- yeah, Egyptology it's not being, Egyptology. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he yeah. does a, we'll talk about it later, but he has like a really interesting look on translations of texts mm-hmm. and how um, certain texts are being translated from a white Western European lens. And yeah. then he has translations by Jamaican Egyptologists. Yeah. And like how they translate the words different, differently in a more positivistic manner and how yeah. that totally changed the reading of these texts then and yeah. looking at fat obese and looking at the the construction of uh the queen of punt and how she gets this terrible bad rap because of eurocentric body standards <laughs> yeah we talk about her as somebody who's malformed something's yeah. wrong like, she's yes, grotesque there's so many like published like what medical issue does she have and it's yeah. like None. <laughs> kind of like Akhenaten. Yeah. What medical issue mm-hmm. does he have when really he's just trying to depict himself, in my opinion, as a being of light, yeah. a being that is male and female, animal and human, yeah. but 
that's a different discussion. It's people not understanding Egyptian art. Yeah. And like, it's not just art, how we think of art today, of looking at something made to be a realistic representation. That Egyptian art has so many other functions beyond that. But does Tristan point out, and I apologize for not having read the article, but does Tristan point out that it's potentially racist the way the Egyptians depict the Queen of Punt? Tristan is more positivistic in enveloping Egypt within this idea that fat being bigger is good, hmm. which that's where I digress with. No, that's I where push I back. I'm going to push back. Argument, that I think the Egyptians, based off the evidence we'll look at, don't see that as something positive. I do think the Egyptians are depicting the Queen of Punt in a grotesque manner to no. denigrate her yeah. outright. I do think it yes. is racist, and I think they are differentiating her yes. from their women whom they only depict As in like a ramrod straight egg. skinny <laughs> yeah and or if they're full figured they're still youthfully yes. full figured and impregnatable yeah and and so i'll i i, I don't that's, think i can be that positive that's where with i this push reading. back too yeah that it's not like a pan-african idea yeah um but that they're representing her maybe accurately or yeah in this oh sh I, to me i see it almost that same similar to the blind harpers and um that you know she being a queen as like such that's equal in power perhaps can't be represented then as her equal so they have to show her in a lesser position status mm -hmm. and one of those ways is to show someone as fat like the blind harpers always have the fat roles mm -hmm. they're blind mm -hmm. are they actually blind probably not every single harper was blind mm -hmm. and but a lot of females show, are shown who aren't blind yes but so a male when he's in front of the king yeah you have to show them as lower status right and you do that the, the king's all masculine muscled big and then the harper then is you know he's squatting on the ground with his fat rolls he's blind and it's not that it represents actuality, but that it's this, yeah. that's how the Egyptian artists and, and I know we're going to get into this, but in the same way that we, there, there are ciphers for yes. wisdom, ciphers for age, but never, almost never, do we see a king as an old man no. with moobs and yeah. <laughs> all of the things that are associated with agedness. Mm -hmm. You see him as full-figured, not I mean, strong, and sprightly. And then maybe, you know, in some tombs of elites or things like that, they'll add some gray hair. Mm -hmm. But it's such a cipher of, oh, he's strong and buff and he's wise. And it's, is that because you're depicting it in the afterlife and you only want to depict what will be rather yeah. than what is? And there's all kinds of discussions of how this might actually yeah, like work. It's, yeah. Again, yeah, the context here is key yeah. of, you know, who else is in the picture? Because um, in the Queen of Punt scene, you have a, an official who's on, you know, it's two registers mm -hmm. and the official is the giant one in the scene. Yeah. And she's depicted very small. Which know, shows her status. Yeah. She's not competing with Hot Chepsa. Yeah. In my opinion. But like, but that like, they recognize her as like Queen of Punt, but they can't show her as like a queen, as like a, as someone equal to Hatshepsut type of thing. Yeah. So they have to, but. Yeah. So backpedaling a bit. <laughs> I know I did that, I'm sorry. <laughs> Within Egyptian art, we, you know, we have male and female bodies typically uh, depicted in these very idealized forms. Yeah. So f first for the viewers, let's go through and describe what this norm is. So first, you know we have to describe what the hieroglyphic body is. Yes. To go to the very beginning, yeah. which is that no body is depicted 
in its realistic form with perspective, with the way it would have really looked. You're not showing someone with contrapposto as they might actually yeah. stand. You're not showing somebody with a, a body with three dimensionality. You're trying to show a body as it would be depicted hieroglyphically, symbolically. Aspectively. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so you put together these parts, you have the hieroglyph of a leg, which is in profile with mm -hmm. the foot sticking straight out and you put two of those together and you get your walk like an Egyptian yep. sort of motif. And then you connect that to a torso, uh, that's, a front torso that's frontal. It has to be frontal. Yep. And then your arms extend from that and your face has to be in profile. Yep. And you put all of those things together and you get your walk like an Egyptian sort of yep. image you know when you're dealing with a hieroglyphic body of abstract concepts put together visually that you're working with a perfected, not realistic, but a perfected idealizing image. And you have to go with that. And then once you go with that, you're like, okay, I can see why age isn't always represented in the focal point figure of the tomb who's receiving yep. blessings from this tomb. Or that uh, decrepitude or or any sorts disabilities of or disabilities yeah. are not mentioned in or, or shown in the in the imagery it's all perfected yeah. and and then the reason that you have this hieroglyphic body right is for is for what what's well, to receive offerings or you have to show the important bits so that they're effective to be effective to exactly be effective. so it has to be magically effective so they're showing the feet in a certain position because it has to be movable feet otherwise the feet and, when, and this is like the bust of nefertiti why yeah. is only one eye finished well probably because she has no arms and no legs and no body if you finish that other eye she would be like some weird disembodied head yeah. magically effective can't have that yeah. so you don't finish it and, but each of these finished, whether two-dimensional, three-dimensional bodies, heads, forms, they're meant to be effective and complete so that they can receive magical... So they can work. So they <laughs> yeah. can work, exactly. And if you're going to work, that means that the person commissioning it, mm -hmm. because these things are all bought and paid yeah. for, yeah. right? Whether yeah. by king or elite, man or woman, whoever it is, they're, they're like, here's my money, and I would like effective, perfected body for eternity, yeah. And you they're don't want not to show yourself with like a bum leg and no, like blind, because then why would you want that? You don't want that for eternity. Exactly. Right? Like you know, we I, I just talked about. Oh, I'm going to color my hair. I'm going to do this or that. We we like things to look a certain yeah. way, and we want it to be perfected so that we don't go out into the world showing um, more of our our grotesque humanity yeah. than yeah. we would like. Everyone's trying to hide these things. I don't care where you are. Mm -hmm. um, you can, it, it's a sad thing in California, Los Angeles in yeah. particular, being home of the homeless, but you can see homeless people. You, you know when a homeless person is truly gone, when they're just like naked out in the street yeah. raving. But most homeless people, even homeless people and on the edge of survival, are like trying to be clothed, yeah. trying to be clean. Change their clothes, like Tr have an outfit. Yes, yeah. trying to be part of humanity. It may not Society. always work, but it shows that people are always trying to put their best mm -hmm. face forward. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do that in a tomb for forever... What, it shows you the power of the visual like norms yeah. and trying to Expectations. fit in and yes. decorum and all this stuff. That even Social differentiation. Quote unquote fringes, yeah. fringes, which is still why feels then that expectation. Yeah. So then, when an elite is commissioning something, why then would they want to They're commission themselves? Like, yeah, show, me show me awesome, and then show the <laughs> show the other people, yep. the people serving me, the the dancing girls, yep. the Naked. peasant in the farm. Oh. Show them with all of their warts and everything, mm -hmm. because it will make me look better. 
It's kind of like the bride having the shitty ass mm -hmm. bridesmaids and the shitty ass lilac gowns. Yep. Uh, it, it, it puts the person <laughs> in the focal point yep. to their best. Elevates the other person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like you always want to be the pretty friend. Yeah, you always want to be the the lead character in yep. the Bridgerton. You don't want to be the fat sidekick. Yep. But most of us are the fat, fat sidekick. <laughs> in life. In life, yeah. Sadly. So even that it's hieroglyphic, we still have stereotypical body proportions and idealized forms for both men and women, mm -hmm. right? We have mm -hmm. men... You know, the very triangular physique. I They're a little they're taller than taller, the women. Triangular physique. Yeah. Muscular, but still thin. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I would say it, you know, falls in line with a very Western ideal of what is good. Mm -hmm. um, or what is, you know, ideal for a man's body. And you even have the same patriarchal bullshit that we have in our society, where a man's body can get a little bit tubby, mm -hmm. and we're okay with it. Because he's like he's earning he's extra. Rich. Yeah, he's he's rich. It, it shows richness. And if that tubby dude has the hot young thing, then you know he's all about yep. money and excess and social differentiation. And the Egyptians knew how to show that off as well. Yep. Yeah. But then for women, what do we see? It is an extraordinarily rare thing to see a woman in a focal point position receiving offerings and blessings as an older fatter thing in fact i don't know young. of any they're skinny they have little bumps for boobies yeah little bumps for a butt. they might have big bumps depending on the fashion like, of the time yeah. but still they're skinny skinny skinny, skinny with skinny, the big boobs. tiny little waists yeah. long legs they're anime figures yeah big eyes all yeah. the stuff yeah but not i would say real bodies no. what most people look like beyond the age of like 12 they look like just like literally like they just hit like puberty 13 year olds yeah like they're not, you know, women with age and the Westcar papyrus bodies. bodies that have not yet been opened in childbirth. Yep. And let me ask you this: You're the one that does the the linen garments. Yes. What do you, these linen garments are on there so freaking tight? How would that even work? It's like it shows every curvature of their bodies. How do you understand that? I always take it to mean that the garment wasn't actually that tight, but that again, this is the functioning of the art. They want you to see the body contour and linen is very flowy and I think that you would see as the person's moving it's meant to evoke like a memory of someone moving in the garment where you would see those the lines of the body or you know when you're walking and your skirt or dress goes between your legs and you can like so it's see like a regency body. gown is what you're saying yeah with it it's got the ampere waist and it mm -hmm. does kind of have an ampere waist yep. and and then it like there's just simple strap dress you know? yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then it What's well, funny, we the don't have any of them. No, we don't. So we really don't know. It's We, we, we have bead net dresses, but they're have, all reconstructed. We just have sheets. Yeah, we do. Um, so even if you say, okay, you take a sheet and wrap it around and like they pinned it somehow, and then you can add, you know, straps that can come on and off. It just would have been like a wrap, like a sarong almost. It's super frustrating, but it seems that most of the time women would have gone out in a regular messess shirt. Yeah, like a tunic top, probably. And just belted it in some yep. way, and that was good enough to, yep. yeah. I just think the representation, we have to emphasize the body because, again, you want to show youthfulness. You want to show I'm young and able to be have babies. And, and in terms of the hieroglyphic body, you're prioritizing the body yep. and not the garment. Yep. This isn't 
a hieroglyphic depiction of shirt yes. or dress. It is hieroglyphic depiction of body, body put together. Yeah. And that's what they yeah. highlight. Yeah. Because yeah. you think it's like the torso is facing one way. So that's where you always get like the boob showing through the strap because the dress is shown in profile. Right. But the torso is shown front on. So you right. have this like very, it's messing with the, the perspective. But lots yeah. of revealed breasts. And every mm -hmm. breast is pert. Even if they're large, oh, yeah. they levitate yes. in some cases. They're very perky. Very perky. But again, youthfulness. You don't, when you have boobs like that, you're young. Yeah. Not after you've had a baby. No. Not after you've I no. had a baby, but they still start the fall. Like, <laughs> you know, after, by the time you hit uh, 30. Gravity. Yeah, gravity happens. Yeah. So it's not, those are useful young yeah. Titties. Yeah. And those titties <laughs> and those girls. So I think we need to highlight this, that what is prioritized in tombs, in mm -hmm. statues, whether we're talking about a king's mother who's depicted at 50 mm -hmm. or a king's wife who's depicted at 25, we are, we are, sh we are being shown the perfect prepubescent exactly body. The they all look exactly the same. They're like 18 years yeah. old, perfectly tight, perfectly awesome, yep. boobs all levitating up into the sky. Yep. And everything is just, the stomach couldn't be any yeah. tighter. And just that perfect. fatness that you get from over-earning, over-hoarding, mm -hmm. over-eating, you don't see ever for the female. No. Except maybe a peasant female, and she's probably not over-eating. Yeah. You only see it for the patriarch of a family. Yeah, there's a couple instances that I have, we'll go through in a little bit, of women looking shown, but again, they're all in subservient lower positions it's yeah. never someone of a high elite yeah. status it's never yeah. the wife of the yeah, tomb like holder it's never a queen or something yeah a grain grinder yeah like it's never someone elite and then shown. and i'm sure you're going to hit on it but when you see an aged face we only have amarna faces yes. for females yes only but to me so that got brought up in one of the readings i i was when i was prepping for this and so, like, they brought up, Thank like... Thank God somebody preps for this. <laughs> like, tea and stuff. Like, that one mm -hmm. iconic piece of tea. And, like, I guess, yeah, she looks older, but it's just such a beautiful piece yeah. that yeah. I don't even, like, look at it. And you're talking way. about the tiny little ebony the head. head. With the yeah, headdress, with the, yeah. yeah, with the modified headdress. Yeah. And her... And it's so beautifully carved, and she's got the, like, the jowl lines going have down. That even when they're younger. It's true. So, I was just like, to me, the Marnie stuff is just realistic. Like, they're showing actual, like, all those stone busts and stuff. But it gives you an idea that during the Amarna time period, there was an iconoclastic ideal of showing reality. Mm -hmm. Not actual reality, yeah. but if there, we can't have idols, and the idol is false, and none of these things exist the way you think, and the god is in the sky, and he's warming your skin, and that's why we're not going to have roofs on temples, mm -hmm. then we need to depict people as they truly are. But then you have Akhenaten and Nefertiti as, like aliens exactly almost, you know? so it so is still like idealizing weird... because they're male female animal human yeah. light right they're still idealizing like two ends of difference of the same spectrum we have super idyllic super idealized and then super realistic but within that family jordan you still have like the big fat asses of all mm -hmm. the women of the family the oh, yeah, big fat curvy. bellies they're yeah. super curvy nice and and thick. it's something we've never seen before mm -hmm. yeah thick this is the word my son uses when you were talking about it's these positive. things it's crazy it yeah. is a positive thing but like that thickness is new and then it goes away yep. So there seems to be some top-down sort of demand that we show people as they truly are 
in but in an, but still within an idealized rubric yeah. of what that means so it's like oh no we're being iconoclastic we're not going to have these these idols these false idols anymore and we're going to show women as they truly are either aged or voluptuous mm -hmm. and they do that but they still create these a these new, ciphers of that of how it should a new norm of ideological yeah. acceptance yeah. yeah of what you should look like yeah it's like everyone now wanting to look like like kim kardashian or something yes it's and like, they get their butt implants yeah, i just read an article implants, about butt implants. but within that world of being like curvy is good everyone should be thicker and all this stuff there's still the being skinny is good still like oh, they no. can coexist when right? they do skinny a is butt, still good so i just read this whole article but you can about have a butt implant too about miami and how yes, these women I, and they we have read like the same thing yes to, yes i read it too. yes and so they <laughs> but they, where are they pulling the fat from to create the butt from the belly yep. so you want the thin belly because that's what you makes you look nice younger where do old people get thick fastest but in the belly yep. that shows our inflammation it shows our age yep. thin bellies a thin waist that is youth yep. and so you pull from here to give to the butt and then that's that's that new ideal but still being like super like 90s cocaine skinny is still like no yeah. one would ever say like oh that's not attractive or no. something that's still always going to be like the good and then in maybe, ancient egypt too particularly yeah. like early 18th mm -hmm. early 19th they love that skinny, skinny. cocaine, which we yeah. say opium body. I don't know. Maybe. Because <laughs> you think like, oh, they're, you, you don't want to look like you're not eating, but. But you kind of do. Useful. Kind of do. I haven't been touched yet by yeah. age and And when life. you, we also have to think about a world in which old people are rare. And I yeah. think that's hard for us to understand because old people for us are more common and we ignore them and we put them <laughs> away and we don't want them around and we fire them and we do horrible things and we're very ageist. And the young people as demographic, we were just talking about demographic shifts, mm -hmm. particularly in the United States, the demographic shift is about to be quite acute when the kids of, that were born in 2010 hit colleges and colleges are going to be like, wait, there's no kids. There's How no, are we going to survive? No right. So there are demographic shifts and you have to think of an ancient Egyptian world in which young people were commonplace and everywhere mm -hmm. and old people were super rare. Yep. And and the young people, that body all around, I mean, we know what that adolescent body looks like. My son is 12 and I'm like, yep. oh my God, look at your abs. He's like, I know. Look at my yep. abs. I'm you like, just, just wait, it. just wait. Yeah. We'll Everyone's talk. like, your metabolism will slow down. Mm -hmm. like, it will happen. And they're like, and you think when you're that age, you're like, yeah. no, it never yep. will. I'm going to be skinny forever. Yep. I, I used to weigh 100. I, I had I weighed 135 pounds and I was six feet tall. It was beautiful. Oh wow! I know it was amazing. It's crazy. But those days are over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in ancient Egypt, what, were they, what would they think of? I height? don't know. It would be some <laughs> sort of giant test. Totally tower over the world. Okay. So I think we covered idealized. But forms. but wait, go back. Yes. But we were just we just had our little side convo yeah. to discuss how our bodies formed us mm -hmm. because bodies form your personality. Mm -hmm. They form how you fit in the world. For instance, I used to be super shy, mm -hmm. super shy. And I like own that shyness. And I was like, I don't need to speak to people. Everything's fine. And then I became six feet fucking tall. Yeah. And when you're six feet fucking tall, there is no hiding from people. You walk into a room and everyone's like, what's that? Yeah. Oh my God, it's coming to me. Yeah. They don't know what to do. Yeah. How's the air up there? Exactly. Uh -huh. And so I had to develop maybe defensively, maybe the best offense is a good defense, mm -hmm. but I had to develop a personality that was able to deal with my body. Yep. My body has formed my personality. Mm -hmm. And I think it's super important to talk about how bodies shape ourselves, how they shape 
what it feels like to go out in the world. When I go to Peru or I go to Egypt or I go to some place like Japan and I walk around and I am a foot taller than people,、mm-hmm. if not more, it's like it, it, it makes me feel other.、Yeah. And then when I go to Holland or I go to Scandinavia, I'm in Sweden walking around and I feel like, oh my God, I belong. It's a、Everyone's、different、cool. yeah. feeling.、Mm-hmm. For me, in that social space, I used space. to get so bullied for being skinny, and I would come home like crying, telling my mom, "I wish I wasn't so skinny," and she would just like laugh and be like,、yeah. "You'll regret that one day." You know, I like, bet she would laugh. Whatever, you know, all these things. But like when you're, people would, you know, "Oh, you're anorexic," blah 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 blah.、And、it's like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not doing. You know, I'm just. This is、but、how I am. But age and value is a part of all of it、yeah. because when you're young and you have a different body type, like for me, you six feet tall, you don't want to be tall, different than the rest of everyone. Yeah, there's these curvy girls all around. Everyone's、yep. like, "Oh my God, look at them!" And、yeah. I'm just like this tall beanpole of a、yep. weird person、yep. that will become valuable in a different way later. later. But you have you have this delayed gratification.、Yep. What does that even mean when you're when you're 16? You can't even、mm-hmm. imagine what what that even means.、Yep. So. Age is a huge part of this conversation of body and value.、Mm-hmm. Of course, sex is a huge、yeah. part of the conversation of body and value, because it, it all changes. Are you old or young as a woman with a particular body? Are you old or, or are you female or male with a particular body? And then everything changes,、yeah. and it's all about social value and how you how you fit in this. Yeah,、world. I mean, I'm and males go through people identifying as male go through this as well, right? Being If you're skinny and you're, everyone's like, "Oh, you're so skinny." I was just talking to a close friend about them wanting to bulk up and、mm-hmm. not be so skinny anymore.、Yeah. And, you know, they have such a, same standards being placed on them, and or men feeling、ways. like they have to be taller, they can't be so short anymore. Yep, My、yes. grandfather, and I never met him because he died when my mother was five, but he had rickets as a child. Oh wow! And his legs never grew. Yeah. And so he had a normal torso、mm. because that grows, or the legs grow first. But whatever, wh- the way he had、his、had grown up and、in. where his nutrition had failed,、yeah. his legs never really grew. He always had short legs,、yeah. and he was five three. And my grandmother,、mm. whom I knew very well, she was five six, and he had to stand on a box when they got married.、Yeah. And there, you know, his whole life was how do you be a big guy? Yeah. And you're only five three. You know、yeah. what does that mean for a person? We all talk about the Napoleonic complex, but it forms personalities. People make fun. People bully people if、yeah. you're outside the norm of any way, any way, shape, or form. And you wonder, you look Egypt.、Different. Egypt must have been just the same、mm-hmm. because Egypt is showing these norms. Unless that- you're in a position of power. And then you know you can't say the king you're short. I mean maybe behind his back. But no, even so, the king has to fit into a norm.、Right. And every temple scene we see, the king has the same goddamn body.、Yep. And you know that there were some kings that were really short fat, and some that were really short, tall. Tall. Yeah. Sometimes they'll show them as a fat. Like Amenhotep the Third is shown a couple times, like、yeah. maybe once,、fat、as、baby. a fat man, <laughs> once, and it says a god. Yeah. So give me a break. He's like Nefertem Hapi or something,、yeah. and then he can be fat.、It's、different. But otherwise. They show them with the same buff body every time, and that must have made the king feel super insecure because he's like, "I'm not that. I'm yeah, not the、yes. bull of bulls." And、mm-hmm. how can and I? And then imagine if he had like a, a younger brother, like he's the heir, and his younger brother is all buff and yeah, hot, and he's like the like. I'm just thinking of like Claudius, like the you know <laughs> the like, skinny, the malformed, skinny whatever. That's like, but you're gonna be the king, so make it work and. Yeah. The gods have blessed you? Question mark. But the, the Egyptians excel at producing a communally accepted norm. They、yes. still do. Oh, yeah. They、mm-hmm. still do, and that communally accepted norm. I mean, these days in Egypt, the communally accepted bodily norm for a woman is young. 
Yeah. Obviously, young is always prized in a I patriarchal society, but like very a, curvy. Yes, I was going to say, because I, whenever I'm there, they're just like, you're not even. You need to eat. Yeah. Like, what are you like? You're so skinny. You look yeah. like a child, like not even like can have a child, <laughs> like a baby. No. It's just no. like, oh my God, you need to eat more every yeah. time I go there. But a fuller figure yes. is what Much the Egyptians find attractive. Yeah. I remember when Monica Lewinsky was all in the news during mm -hmm. the Clinton administration, which dates me a little as an Egyptologist and that's fine. But everyone thought Monica was the hottest thing that had ever existed. She is hot. She's yeah. beautiful. Uh, but that body type was what the Egyptians prefer. Mm -hmm. And there are times in Egyptian representation, particularly Thomas the fourth, Amenhotep the third, when you, or 22nd dynasty, yep. when you see a fuller figure. That's what I was this. asking. Like, this, yeah. is this, how consistent is this? Fashions change. You Fashions know this. Change, yeah. Yeah. Yep. What were we talking about earlier? Like, when do you get a fuller figured body type in recent memory? There aren't many. 50s? 50s, I would say for sure. 80s? Yeah, it, I feel like it just like swings. Like yeah. it goes like, like 90s was super skinny and then I mm -hmm. feel like now we're in a, you know, thicker is better kind of I, vibe. But mm. I think it's slightly going back because all the fashions are going back to the 90s. So I think that kind of very you know, like... No, they just want me to wear prairie dresses. I was, well, I was shopping yeah. and I'm like, why do I have to dress like a Republican from 1897? Yeah. Why? Like the other like crop tops and all this, it's all like having good abs. That's true. Like, You're right. And this, showing like, like a bigger 90s, butt. Showing but a bigger butt. I like that. Yeah. And even skinny the butt will girls. Never go out. No, that's true. People like the butts butt. will always stay. And you even think my mom. Nineties, nobody wanted true. a butt. My mom was commenting about the Met Gala and how she's like, everyone's boobs were out. She's like, that's all right. Boobs, boobs, boobs. That's okay. And it's like boob, yeah, boobs and butts. As I tell my son. Everybody loves boobs. Yep. Males love boobs. Females love boobs. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves boobs because it's what we were attracted to to feed and yeah. to feel safe Star and animal. to nuzzle in. Yes. Same butts, right? We love it's boobs. A good healthy we love butts. We all love butt. butts. Yeah. You know, a nice yeah. butt you can appreciate. We touched upon how it changed over time. I think Ptolemaic and Roman. Mm. I think also we get a little thicker body type. Well, it did. So, yes. But isn't it amazing how when you get a Ptolemaic cultural appropriation and colonialism, mm. how little it actually changes in its main yeah. aspects of patriarchal evaluation and valuation of the young female body. Mm -hmm. And the older female body is of no consequence, yeah. no value, no want, nothing. She's swept aside. And I'm trying to think even within Roman art, you know, empresses and stuff are never mm -hmm. really shown elderly. Older? Never. They're always very youthful, full heads of hair mm -hmm. and the busts and stuff, so... Yeah. Yeah, the shaven head of the male is an interesting thing. I You'll never see like male pattern baldness except uh, on the peasant. Yes. But you I, saw I don't think there are there scribal statues of male pattern baldness? No. No. But they're always, yeah, people of lower. Yeah, the farmer, the oh, in the Turin erotic papyrus, you have all these dudes with male pattern baldness yep. having sex with all these hot chicks. What's that about? For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, please do Google Turin, as in Torino, the city in yes. Italy, erotic papyrus, and you can see the male pattern baldness dudes with ginormous penises mm -hmm. going at it with hot young things with full wig, yep. full, you know, they're naked, but they're, oh, no, not always naked. They have just oh, they are on. naked. They have girdles and yeah. other things. And they're just perfect. And what is that even about? How are we to understand it? It's it's really not it's clear. It's such a weird. It is such a weird thing. Yeah. But they're, I mean, but that's they're the, obviously playing with, you know, typically when someone's depicted bald or balding, it's in a lower status. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's something negative. Yeah. But then by having these guys being super vir- virile, yeah, engaged in these crazy sex acts, it's and we've seen this interpreted in all kinds of ways mm-hmm. that it's the females getting power over the men. That is one way to look at it. But there's another way to look at it, which is that the men, no matter how they look, no matter no matter how fat and old they are, doesn't matter. They have value. Mm-hmm. And the woman still has to remain young, beautiful, and very flexible yes. and acrobatic, I might add. Please do Google this as we speak. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's like it's like a, we could go to Pornhub yeah. and find exactly the same bullshit mm-hmm. on Pornhub. I, I, it drives me crazy when people try to make this the female having power. And I'm not saying that female porn stars aren't paid more, though porn stars have kind of fallen away, but they are paid more. It's mm-hmm. true. But that doesn't mean this isn't all just patriarchal excess. No. That's exactly what it is. It's very strange. But yeah, obviously something they're playing with topsy-turvy mm-hmm. um, there. But that's also a way that patriarchs try to keep control of the female. By mm-hmm. saying the female, the young, hot female could take over everything with their witchcraft yeah, beware, of seduction. Beware. beware and Yes, and thus we must um, make sure that we show them as powerful so that we can see that we, we have to fight against them. So... I have a question which I think we've established the norm, we've discussed, you know, what's outside the norm and therefore negative, but I just want to clarify to everyone that we're just not projecting our white European modern ideals back onto them. And I that mean, we're we just might viewing be. it with our our lens. But we might be. So then that- but then how do we get a more emic perspective? Uh, I mean I think I think it's very clear within the art what the ideal is so then it doesn't change over thousands of years having she's gonna have the same skinny waist even if she has a big butt it doesn't matter but then how do we know okay so someone old is bad someone fatter is bad someone disabled is bad so you have to put it into social categories you look at a given tomb or statue or temple depiction Mm -hmm. and you say who is receiving offerings in this place who commissioned it who is the person that everyone is looking to who's the biggest figure and in those cases those figures are almost never imperfected almost never are they shown old or fat if they are shown old it's an idealizing old like i am buff and perfect but i have a wizened face or i am buff and perfect and i have gray strands in my Mm -hmm. hair and that's how you know that that there is a perfectionizing ideal in society that goes on not just for a hundred years or two hundred years, but goes on for thousands of years, three thousand to be exact. Essentially, yes, they're all photoshopped, and all this shit that we do with Instagram and all these filters mm-hmm. we have, there is nothing new under the sun. We think we're being all new, oh, yeah. and our brains are being traumatized in new ways. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. We have been doing this to ourselves for millennia. And like portraits of European kings and queens, so I, you know, idealized and. Mm-hmm. Not showing, even the recent I think portrait of Elizabeth, um, the first, um, oh second, second, yeah, current queen, yeah, came out and they you know soften her a little, yeah, take away take some, some of the wrinkles. lines. She's got gray hair, but it's perfect but it's in all one color. Yes. yes, you know, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to touch on that because I think that's an important point that people aren't just like, well, you're just projecting like our ideals back, but I think. For the most part, they actually align. <laughs> no, and this goes to... And you have to, again, in Egyptian art, it's all about the context, like you just said. Yeah, I mean, this touches on lots of power. things that I think about that are mammalian constants mm-hmm. for those few mammals that go through menopause. 
-hmm. humans and whales. I don't think gibbons whales. go through menopause. I don't think chimps go through menopause. They have babies until they die and then they die, the females. Hmm. Whales and humans, because of their big brains and the long time that is needed to bring up the adolescent, yep. the female actually loses her reproductive abilities much earlier mm -hmm. than than other mammalian species. This is unusual. Yeah. And in such a society, I think we can expect that the value of an older female is going to be denigrated, particularly in those patriarchal societies that commodify them. I'm not talking about hunter-gatherers like the Tongva, the place where we sit right now, the people used to be stewards of this land who fished from the rivers before we concretized them over and destroyed the environment. Mm -hmm. They were able to fish from the river the same as the dudes yeah. next to them. Those women were valued as aged, wise elders of their society. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about other hunter-gatherers or other places where... But agricultural societies. As particularly agricultural societies or herding that. societies yeah. where you've got all your sheep and goat, your young females are the only ones that are of value. The older women are there to oh, be of babies. value <laughs> to help take care of those babies of mm -hmm. their daughters and their grandchildren. Yeah. That's what, so that's what we show. That's what we value. It's not that grand women, grandparent women are not um, grand, grandmothers, sorry, are not, um, <laughs> grandparent women. I know that was like, whoa. <laughs> um, it's not that they're not valued, but they're not going to show them in art as something no, idealized so, for appearance. An Egyptian tomb or Empress Mar Maria Teresa in her mm -hmm. aged form is going to be shown with her boobies, a little pert and looking kind of beautiful, even with her gray mm -hmm. hair, she's going to be attractive. Or, or I think, you might get like a picture image of like them surrounded by their children like look mm -hmm. how productive i was yes in a sense yeah so like maybe i can't do it anymore but look at all like i was able to produce and rear and but so my point is to your eurocentric yeah. lens and are we are we projecting. projecting our own ideals the answer is one yes but number two i think that's something that any agricultural or herding society that is patriarchal is going to do. Yeah. And it's the kind of things as we enter into the beginnings, the barest glimmer of a post-patriarchal society that we're fighting back against. Mm -hmm. As we dispense with the binary, we dispense with when you should have a kid, if you should have a kid, if you should get married, yeah. all of these things are up for debate. And when so I, body shape is up for debate too. But I also, I at least... I have felt that more body positive. There's been more body positivity mm -hmm. for people of different body sizes and shapes, but only even in within, certain. Even within clothing lines, like mm -hmm. I feel like they're like they're changing who they're showing on, you know, American Eagle's website or something like this. For example, like who's wearing the clothes? It's not just yeah. stick thin models anymore. We're seeing a lot more like diversity um, in models being shown. I think, you know, people on like. On TikTok, there's a growing trend of like trying on clothes and like them not fitting anymore and like just revealing yourself like oh, this. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not doing that TikTok. So, I'm horrifying. I can't but, imagine. Like, those are those are my deepest, darkest thoughts. Like, I bring my son. Know, I bring my 12 year old son. I have him stand outside. I'm like, and I he'll be he'll be like, Mom, I'm gonna walk around the mall. We just did this. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, Julian, come back. I have to show you some pants. And he comes back. I'm like, okay, here's pants number one. He goes, oh my God, no. And I go, okay, okay, thank you. And I go and I try in the next one. He's like, you know what, mom? You look kind of milfy. I'm like, oh, these are okay. He's like, yeah, I like those a lot. I'm like, okay, so I could pull these off. He's like, yes, absolutely. But I bring my 12 year old. I don't bring my husband. I don't bring, I don't know. I just, this is, he, yeah. he's super honest and I, he has no ulterior motive. Yeah, 
he's not trying to be nice or something. He's not trying to be nice. Yeah. And if he sees something that's well, kind of cute, he's going to tell me. He、yeah. also has a good fashion style. Yeah.、Um, but the other thing I was going to say is that you only see in today's society a positive body image for larger women of a certain socioeconomic class or of a certain. Uh, ethnic yes, I think it, it is.、Um, There aren't a lot of overweight、yes. white women yes, that get to be proud of what they show. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, and even if you're a Kim Kardashian and you are technically she's sort of in any way, shape, or form. No, no, she's a tiny she's little person. She's、tiny. got the big ass,、yeah. right? But if you if you are that person, there is still. People、Very difficult. And, There's、yeah. standards she has to uphold, and she will uphold those standards. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is to think about it more intersectionally. That it depends on yeah race. If we、status. went and and did a statistical study and we took the body types of all of the women who belong to the top two percent of society, we would see a lot of skinny women.、We'd、see a lot of skinny, skinny blondes. white, white <laughs> blonde. blonde women. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Still. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have different. Ideals, depending on, I guess, which subculture you're a part of.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But I do feel it's changing a little bit. No, I agree. I well, you know, just shopping for things. You're like, general, I think more inclusive. You're like, oh, I want that shirt. You're like, oh, that's not my body type. Well, let me look to the next picture that will have my body、yeah. type. That's a wonderful、yeah. thing. Made well. Made、yes. well does that. They'll do like、really? a size two or four, and then they'll do like a size ten, twelve. Yeah. Oh wow. So you can see like both and how it like looks on them. And it's like nice to be able because to, it's totally different it's totally the way different. it looks on a、yeah. two versus a twelve. Yeah, and like I like when they have the videos of them like moving in it. Like they'll do like the video,、mm-hmm. so、you can see how like moves around, and、I、it's nice、that. to have like some yeah, just a little diversity, more diversity in in the in fashion in general. I think is good. Yeah, can't be can't be bad. Okay, so. The second half of this, we're going to dig into some fun examples. We've touched on a couple of them,、um, but I think I'm going to we're going to take our part one pause, okay? And then we'll do the rest as a part two, okay? I think it's going to end up. I have a bunch of things to touch on, so、okay. we'll take our part one pause here, and then we'll be back with our second half of looking at some of the the exam examples and construction of these negative or positive stereotypes. Okay, sounds good. And we're back with part two. <laughs> we're back! Yay! <laughs> All right. So for the、Yay! second part, we're gonna look at some examples. Okay.、Um, get your thoughts on these. I think mostly looking at some body shaming, mostly, but then I some stuff that I think is actually viewed more in a positive light that we'll、mm-hmm. get to at the end. But first, I want to start with hot subjects, mommy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because I have the headline. Yes. Well, we can talk about. I have and what's money, the date? What's the date? In air quotes, date of the headline. Yeah. Let's see. When was two thousand six? When、yes. this identification of Hatshepsut's money、July、was made. July of seven. Oh seven. Okay. Published, it was published, so、okay. maybe around there. Yeah. But it's the headline reads from Live Science: Mummy reveals Egyptian queen was fat, balding, and bearded. Oh, that's so sad. So obviously we can get into the debate of whether or not it's her mummy or not. That's on a whole well, other. Which、episode. is really like a whole other thing. And who the hell cares whose mummy is whose? Because as I've said in another、yeah. documentary, what do we even have to learn from identifying these mummies? That that's a whole other question. But for that to be the headline,、mm-hmm. fat, balding, and, and had a beard, and I've、bearding. seen yeah, I've seen other things: obese, obese,、yeah. diabetic, yep. yeah, fatty, McFat, fat, fat.、Yeah. 
And and who did they assign this to? The woman who became king, who ruled Egypt the longest, who was the most successful, Mm -hmm. who, according to the patriarchal sides of society, say that she stole her crown from somebody who was the rightful owner of it. And this body shaming of her in the media, I think, goes hand in hand with those. So if we can't say anymore that she stole her crown, which I think people feel they can't can't say, uh, some... Then, then we just body shame her mummy identification, and I think it fits perfectly. I mean, I can um, continue with it. Quote, more starting, starting, startlingly. Startlingly. That's a hard word. Oh, they spelled this word wrong. Startling. 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 Startlingly. Whatever. Yes. Yes. The description of Hatshepsut suggests that women haven't changed all that much over the centuries. So we're all fat, balding, and... Wait, who said that? Somebody wrote this, this article? article? Who wrote this article? Meredith Small. Women haven't changed much over the centuries? Goes on, turns out Hatshepsut was no Cleopatra. Instead, she was a 50-year-old fat lady. Apparently, she used her power over Upper and Lower Nile to eat well and abundantly. (gasps) Archaeologists also claim that she probably had diabetes, just like many obese people today. And she also suffered from what all women over 40 need, a stylist. Oh, my God. She was balding in front, but let the hair on the back of her head grow Really long, like, like an aging female deadhead with alopecia. Whoever wrote this should be fired. I oh, my God. This is the cruelest, most misogynistic article I've ever read. Heard. But Meredith no who? Meredith Small. Oh, my God. But no one should be fooled by a woman's look. Hatshepsut was a powerful sexual blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. It was a but powerful Hatshe- sexual what? Um, no, that she, like, actually, you know, successful woman. Oh, she rose power successful, not sexual. not sexual. I was like, wait, what? Okay. But her image couldn't be erased even with the weight, the beard, and the nail polish. She was a ruler and a grand one. <gasps> Meredith Small is an anthropologist at Cornell University. Holy shit. She is the author of Our Babies, Ourselves, How Biology and Culture Shape the Way We Parent. Are we perhaps missing her ironic stance about women being forced into certain body shapes and body images? I don't wow. know. That's not, I mean, not how I read this. Wow. It just like goes from, you know, the tooth DNA bullshit. Go, and then it goes, the description of Hatshepsut suggests that women haven't changed all that much over the centuries. Turns out she was no Cleopatra, being that Cleopatra was attractive. Cleopatra wasn't hottie McHot I know, hot. but I guess. Cleopatra was the product of. She was known of... for being really smart and intelligent and charming and not having the looks, but having no. the personality. That, no. But that's a whole other you know, some speculate she even wore men's clothes. And all women over 40 need a stylist? Yeah, like all women over 40 need a stylist. She was balding in front. Which is a common thing for yeah, women of a certain happens. age. But, okay, can, okay, so back up. So, so number one, <laughs> we can't say that this was necessarily hot Shepsit and we can yes. talk about the tooth and the DNA bullshit. But that we have people from that time period who obviously weren't skinny, 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 like we were just talking about as the ideal. Hells yes. This is the way the world is. And at some point, all of us, male or female, will get old Mm -hmm. and decrepit, and we will lose our fucking hair, and we will get pot bellies, and then we will die. And this is just... Does that mean we've lost all value to humanity because we don't look good? Yeah. Like, knowing this about if this is Hatshepsut, 
this does that change that she was ruled by herself like why do we like ooh, ha, ha, she was fat and balding like ha, ha, ha. and she ate too much because like, she stress ate because of all the power that yeah. she stole but like what Ugh. i'm so like, most of those things like balding is totally genetic she has no control over and she was wearing a wig anyway so who nobody who cares, cares. If, if you can bald. say fucking jordan i give you Give, give me the blessing. <laughs> you, can, you know, you who cares? That. And then she's rich and eating well. Like, yeah. Like you, there weren't like workout regimens back then. Like, oh, like make sure you do your Pilates, queen. Well, well I just had an appendix that, that like burst, almost burst. And I had to get it out. And this was in 2021, high COVID. I had to go to the hospital mm -hmm. and get my appendix out. I walked in and I'm like, hey, my appendix needs to come out. And they're like, how do you know that? I'm like, because I know that. Yep. It's on the right side. I know where it is. Pain. I know what the pain is. I cleared all these other things. I know what it is. And like, you don't know that. And they made me do 18 other tests. And then finally like, oh, wow, you were right. I'm like, yeah, I know. And then I got my appendix out. But it turns out that I had been on this keto Californian yeah. bullshit diet that was treating my body like a uh, uh, what's the goose foie gras, right? Yep. I was like the, mm -hmm. I was like foie grasing myself yep. and I was eating all the fat and all the bacon and all the, the heavy cream and all of the things. And I actually made myself sick in an attempt to lose weight. And yep. it did work when I was in my early forties. And when I got to my late forties, my body was like, fuck you. We're not doing this yep. anymore. And the appendix will explode. And the appendix almost exploded and I got it removed. And now I'm back to being vegetarian and I'm eating rice again. And, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm eating in a completely different way, but it, it, it doesn't mean anything. All I'm saying is that if Hatshepsut is eating the diet of a wealthy yeah. Egyptian she's woman, she's going to be eating goose fat and beer beef. and lots of wine, lots of beef. Who knows what this actually did to her body? But let's go back to the... I don't want to try to say, oh, this isn't Hatshepsut's mummy and we're going to reclaim Hatshepsut and give her a hot, sexy body. Though I don't think this is her mummy. Yeah. But I want to say that even if this is identified as Hatshepsut, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with being a woman who's like, eating the diet of the court. Yeah, yeah, she was a real person? Yeah, she was a real person. what this article is like, well, yeah, she's a real person. Like, did anyone actually think that she was like this perfected, idealized form? And who says this about Amenhotep III, mm -hmm. whom we know died with, uh, who was also a fat man, died with an abscess in his, mm -hmm. in his tooth that actually spread throughout his body and probably killed him because that abscess is freaking huge. And he probably drank a whole lot of wine oh, yeah. and probably beer gout. and probably had gout and yeah. all of these things. And we don't say that he was a fat yeah, diabetic fuck because, <laughs> because he deserved it. I mean, I imagine lots of kings and queens stress ate yeah. or this is what they did because what else are well, they supposed to do? to all that stuff. It's all you have to do. You don't have, like, you know, one, you don't live as long. Two, you have to, like, do Two, these weird festivals where you yeah. run with four live geese flapping in your hands yeah. back and forth to the north and south. And just, like, if you can eat it, like, why not? You have access to all these, you know, nice cakes and honey and... Sweet things. So to me, it's, like, the appeal with these all these articles and stuff. It's, like, she's a real person. She looks real. It's, like, that one... I don't know if you know the, from China, the one um, queen that they have the body of who's really well-preserved. And it was like, oh, she was so fat and corpulent. And, it was like, all in arsenic. She mm -hmm. was like preserved and, like, in an arsenic. And the skin is really well. And it's like everyone just like fixates on that. Like, oh, she was so fat. And it's like this weird. 
What you do you know? think happens to older people? Yeah. It's, it's, I've always said that when I was young, I was like, why did Anne Frank die so soon and her father lived through it? How do you go through the same circumstances and death camp situations and one person lives and the other dies and there's all kinds of ways of understanding that but just in terms of age and metabolism you can see that Anne Frank is the young adolescent who needs like 4,000 calories a day she can't she yep. can't survive whereas her dad his Done. body <laughs> yeah. his body of 40 some years old is like I'm gonna save my calories I don't need and food <laughs> don't need the food he can survive and you and I have talked about this. Like, mm -hmm. what's the thing with the Donner Party that the only people who, survi who survived <laughs> the are the older women? First. Young men first. And unattached then older to any men, family. yeah, without a wife to help him. What about the kids? The kids died early too, like okay. the babies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the young men, and then the older men, and then the young women, and then the older women were the last. So the women lasted more than anybody. The young women, then Even the older women. Even though they were giving their food to the, to men, the men, they just didn't need it. Because we have these fat stores mm -hmm. and other things. Like, to have we automatically just have more fat. Wow. And, and the men were out expending more calories because mm. they were trying to hunt and do things. Yeah. So they were needing more calories and also expending more while the women were just home like in full like hibernation. But this idea of looking at a female and saying, oh yeah, she's totally fat and this is disgusting. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very, very problematic. And um, it's, I think, part of this commodification of the female in that oh, we have this female, we need her to have babies for us, mm -hmm. for this patriarchy. And then when she's had the babies, you're like, oh my God, you fat, disgusting well, cow. Well, we she had a baby. And what At do we call one. women? Cows. Yeah. Total commodification. Yep. And it's a way of saying, now you are beyond our value. Now you are fat. She had one baby, at least. Yep. Hutch, At least so she yeah. may have had more. And, and now she is beneath our notice, yep. beneath our value system. And to be to be discarded like i guess my question is what did you expect to find if this is her mummy and if like, she came to the throne earlier in her 50s like of I, i'm assuming of course she's going to be overweight and yeah. balding that's like nothing she can help it's just no. like a genetic thing no and you know like if you're a 50 year old woman like you're not you know a model who has like a private trainer and working out like she's not working out every day or something like this like no. what do you expect her to look like no. and also when you're dating mummies by age mm -hmm. and you're saying oh they're 50 or or they're or they're 70 or yeah. they're 30 this is very difficult and if you are a person who's lived in a privileged context with good food and good mm -hmm. medicine and then you travel to a place that's more traditional and doesn't have the medicine and the protection from the sun, you may find yourself feeling much more youthful in comparison to women yes. or men of exactly your same age. Uh -huh. So how do you then date a woman or man from the archeological record as a dead body? Yep. How do you date them? Because a 50 year old woman living at court with everything she could want to eat, is that a 50 year old that looks like a 50 year old of our time? Yes. Because we don't even, they oh don't know about the aging this of this mummy. Up, um, she could be 80 is what I'm yes. saying. Well, so this brings up at the recent Holbein exhibit at the Getty. Hans there, Holbein. Hans Holbein. They had a bunch of, had the portraits. The portrait of, painter, of the, yeah. you know, Henry VIII's court and such. And there's these portraits. And Hans Holbein was very good about always writing the name of who, he's, who he painted and then the age of the person. And so you look at this portrait and they're very realistic, they're very nice, and you look and they're like, they look like 45. Yeah. And you read the age. and you 73. Do like, and you do like the calculation and they're like 14. 
Oh my god. They look so old, but they're so young. Oh my and god. I'm like, well, it makes you feel good. Like we look so much better. But they are in their twenties, like this is like their first marriage portrait or something. And they look so old and decrepit and awful. And their teeth were falling and, out like, and they, they put the lead that, like, all over their faces. Trend so they, they, they had to shaving, shave their head. Back. And they just you know, not cute. But they aged, you know, way faster because they didn't have nice you know skin techniques and they were in the sun maybe yeah. and life was just harder it probably had a lot of illnesses and not as good nutrition and who knows but i was just like woof you guys look beat like men and women i have to believe consistently that older that women and men at court women in particular would have taken care of themselves would yeah. have had good skin but using those techniques of the day which could have include like arsenic and like weird makeup some things that they thought were taking care of themselves, but it actually was slowly poisoning them. Like, oh, maybe healthy back then was like making sure you're eating, like your humors, you need more red meat or blood bleeding, like we need to bloodlet. That's not good for you. We don't know what malaria did to the yeah. ancient body. We don't know yeah. what, and we don't know if they actually had smallpox, but pox-like things just did to like the human body. Just having measles in your youth and... Parasites, all, all parasites. kinds of issues. Yeah, um, I mean, he had malaria, a bunch of parasites constantly like sucking your nutrients out of your intestines like you're not going to be as healthy as we are today hence yeah. why the people didn't live as long yeah right but yeah so hatchup money is i think a good interesting case of modern reception and when you go to of, the the nemec yep. the national museum of egyptian civilization she is labeled as hatchup's mm -hmm. mummy without any doubt there's yep. no question mark there's no maybe she's not yes. it's just hatchup's yep. mummy and there are a few people who say mm, maybe not yeah because how was this identification yeah, made? the dna and it was was from a tooth <laughs> so do you know can you tell us about the tooth the tooth was originally found in tuts no 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 it was found in a canopic jar with the yes. name of hutshepsut on it attached to um an organ i can't remember if it was a liver intestines or what but there was a molar in there yeah and then that molar labeled in the box of Hatshepsut, and yeah. it could have been Hatshepsut Mary, married Ray. It may not yeah. have been Hatshepsut the, yeah, 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 the yeah. female king. Yeah. And it fit into this body, and because and it fit according to CT scans and other yeah. things, but I don't think it was ever actually demonstrated as fitting exactly like a puzzle piece fits, like with the jagged yes. edges fitting. Yeah. They're like, oh, this mummy has a molar missing. It's just from a and, CT scan. And here's a molar and let's perfectly fit it. perfectly in a fit. tooth socket. And it's like, yeah. aren't everyone's molars kind of the same size and shape? But, mm, it's just I don't know about that, and I'm not like a dentist. Relatively and when they say fit perfectly, how perfectly yeah. can you demonstrate this to me so that I can see how the root fits into this socket that you're talking it's about? It's interesting that she had a hole, like she was missing a molar where one would have fit. It's interesting. But then the Hatshepsut canopic jar that this was found in, there were many women of the early 18th yeah. dynasty that were named Hatshepsut, including one of the wives of Tutmos III, Hatshepsut Mary Ray, yeah. married Ray. And it could have been her as an older woman, and then maybe it fit, and that's great, but maybe she died when she was 60-some years old, yep. and this is her, and not the yes. Hatshepsut female king, yes. who probably died much earlier, yeah. in my opinion. Because here's the 50. other problem, is that if this is an old, fat, decrepit, slightly balding woman with a beard, and why do we even need I to throw know. that last point in? I don't know the beard part, but... I think the false beard is what they're referencing. She wore a false beard. Oh, that's beard. just mean. It's just stupid. That's just mean. Yeah. Like, that's not a beard. Ouch. That's just being king. Oh, my God. But 
it doesn't fit the age because yeah. if Hatshepsut was created during the reign of her father, mm -hmm. married to a new royal wife with a new harem, then she would have been much younger and she wouldn't have reigned for as long. This this woman is too long lived yeah. to actually be Hatshepsut as king. Because for T3 then to take over, she yes. needs to die. That's and then... Yeah, that's with the assumption that we don't like take a woman from Tutmos the first past, you know, a woman mm -hmm. that he had bred with, with his first wife, yeah. but you only take a We'd woman that- We'd have to make that, her older somehow. Yes, you'd earlier. have to make her older. So she probably would have been much younger if she was created during her father's reign. Yeah. And as such, she would have died in her late 30s, early 40s yeah, at yes. best. So this mummy is just maybe not her. And the brain isn't removed yes. from the mummy. It's not a well-mummified... Aren't their arms not in the right positions, too? Yeah, I don't get into Something the arm about, positions yeah. because the arm positions change. And yes, one could say things, but arm positions change throughout the 18th and 19th dynasty. And mm -hmm. I feel like okay. it's, it's not clear. But so if we can't say that women shouldn't seize power unrightfully, mm -hmm. which Sir Alan Gardner said in his history, and we don't say as much anymore, you can yep. find it, uh, then we just fat shame them. Yep. And that seems to be what we've done with Hatshepsut. And that's really a sad state of affairs, but it speaks to the patriarchy in which we live mm -hmm. and we should not be surprised. Yeah. Like, oh, haha, ha, she was king, but she's fat and ugly and yeah. old and balding. Yeah. So yeah. you want that? There's your cautionary like, tale, look, bitches. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Okay, the next example I want to talk about, which we talked about a little bit, but I think we can delve deeper, is the Queen of Punt. Mm. Um, so first, I have an image on my iPad here, but I would like you to describe her to our audience. Oh yeah, so the first thing that I noticed that I think anybody else would notice is that her back is bent mm. in a very unnatural fashion. Her upper back is straight. And then her lower back and buttocks, it extends at like a 90 degree angle back. So it's just this, this sharp turn straight back to a 90 degree going straight back. And it's all butt, butt, butt. And because of that, her belly juts forward. And all of her arms and her legs seem to have extra tissues of, of fat mm -hmm. that that kind of extend from her body. So it's like, imagine a fat person and there's like these pads of fat, rolls, that kind yeah. rolls of fat, mm -hmm. but imagine rolls of fat, not just on the belly, which we see here, but rolls of fat on the arms, rolls of fat yeah. on the legs and below the knees. Like think of the, the thighs where, you know, the, the thighs have like fat around the knees mm -hmm. and you have a big giant fat roll around there. And, also, her legs are unnaturally short mm -hmm. and her torso unnaturally long, so she kind of looks dwarfish. So that's been an argument made yeah. by some people. Yeah, and you compare her to her husband, who's right next to her. His waist is much higher than hers. Mm -hmm. His legs much longer. Her legs much shorter. So is she meant to depict a dwarf? What's actually happening mm -hmm. here? Her face seems fine. Her visage seems... Yep. Yeah, everything seems fine. Her hair seems nice. But her body is depicted in some sort of an unnatural way. Yeah. And what's, I don't have an image here, but there is one image too where she's with her, one of her daughters. Mm -hmm. And the daughter is like a slightly less, um, like a slightly smaller version, but the same kind of look. Look and the tilt of the back and all that stuff too, which is interesting. But typically, how has this been? viewed in the literature it's been viewed as a grotesque 
image, a mm -hmm. grotesque image that is purposefully brought back to, to say, we have traded with these people, but we wanted to bring back all of the local color mm -hmm. that we learned. And this is what the rulers look like. And this is what their trees look like. This is what their houses look like. And it's kind of a consumption mm -hmm. of all of this strangeness of mm -hmm. all of these people. And we have to assume that there were, were all kinds of verbal storytelling going along with this, this retrieval of information. And that when the people came back from, in a way, from the moon, mm -hmm. but really from Punt, yeah. they came back with all of these stories. And they would have spread those stories around the court. And then from the court, they would have gone to upper elites or, and lower elites mm -hmm. um, throughout Egypt. But they would have talked about how this woman was was strangely formed mm -hmm. but French. she's from the land of this incense did the gods make her this way mm -hmm. how are we to understand this but so my question is and i also there's this really cool uh ramazid ostrakhan yeah of someone who obviously visited yeah uh daryl uh, bahri and saw it and sketched out the image again um showing the longevity of that but also um to me, it's like, was, is this, do we have an instance here of like misinterpretation where to the Egyptians it's something against their ideal state. Maybe for the people of Punt, this was the ideal there. I mean, we'll never really know. Yeah. But what I can say is that the man comes first. Mm -hmm. The man is given priority of place. But all we do is talk about this woman yep. and the man is ignored, even though he's in first position. He is first. His body is idealized. Hers is not. To me, this is as patriarchal a depiction of a body as ever. And it is potentially also racist or potentially this chief showing a woman of full figure as something that he can commodify and own. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's the Egyptian understanding mm -hmm. of it. And I can understand many people trying to positivize this and saying, oh, these are just the way African body types are. I think that's pushing it a bit too far, potentially. Yeah, I mean, in Tristan Samuel's article, he starts with looking at the Hottentot mm -hmm. um, person. I forget her name, um, but it's in, we'll put it in the show notes. I have the article of his, but how she was taken back to Europe and like consumed and, yeah. you know, leered at in this way. Um, and that her body type ref kind of reflects what we're seeing with the Queen of Puntier, and that it is a African body type, and that Tristan looks at certain wisdom literatures, I think the maxims of Ptahhotep and other things, and where we have phrases that are, you know, these hapaxes, where they get translated by, um, like, Lishtime and such as, like, sagging. Or something mm -hmm. like where it has like a negative connotation of some fat, where he, citing other um, black translators, they translate it as like thick. It's the positive notion mm -hmm. of being thick and not saggy bad or fat I bad. I mean, let, let's be clear. So All like, we have are the Egyptian depictions yeah. of the Egyptians giving their opinion of mm -hmm. this woman. What the Central African understanding of this depiction would have been, yeah. we can never know. And this is not a Central African depiction. This is an Egyptian depiction of a more southerly African body. Yeah. And we have to take all of that and baggage on. In Punt society, we don't have any writing from. No. We don't have any images from. We don't even so know where the hell it is. We can't say like, oh, well, there it was looked highly upon or something like this. Right? We only have the Egyptian 
consumption of this other culture. I mean, what you can say, and Solange Ashby's work speaks to this, is mm -hmm. you can talk about Kushite queens with larger bodies. That was my next question, was we see this later on. You do see it later on. And you see it later on in modern-day Sudan. Mm -hmm. And you see these women with, with strong, forceful forms, strong, uh, thick, as you say, mm -hmm. buttocks, legs, thighs, all of it. And they're there smiting yep. and very powerful. And so then you could say, yeah, exactly. Like full-figured woman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And she's in full smiting motif. She's getting ready to kill the all the people. the front of a temple. Yeah. Like, the, that's a very, you know, idealized, the new idealized yeah. positive form. Of this kind of, of this queen. Yep. Yeah. I agree. So, I agree. And even down, like, just overall, the Cushitic art, the women are depicted more. Yeah. Voluptuous. Yeah. Thing. And that's part of their power. Yeah. That's their ability to breed children for for year after year. Yeah. That's their ability to take on that richness. It's it's kind of like in the in the Kushite sense, when you see these women, you see what Egypt will never show, mm -hmm. which is the scribe with rolls of fat. The scribe with rolls of fat is a normal thing, right? Yep. It's like, I'm a scribe. I can sit on my ass. I get to tell you what to do. You move the blocks. Yep. You stay skinny. I'm going to take in the calories, mm -hmm. and I'm going to show you in my statue all the rolls of fat that yep. I have. The Kushite women are able to actually reveal this and say, I have the rolls of fat too, and it shows their wealth in comparison yes. to those who Which have to like, work and work and work. Traditionally, how it's always been interpreted yeah. for the men yeah. is, oh, this kind of older-looking body. It's because, yeah. you know, I've reached a high status. I am the overseer now. Of Patriarchal societies don't like older female bodies. They yeah. don't value them. They're not of use to them. They can't commodify them. They can just complain. But men, yes. Men, yes. But that older female body is a fucking witch who's going to tell you what to do, who's going to get all up in your business. She's your mother-in-law. She's, She's not occupied with those mm -mm. children anymore. No. Now she can get in your business. <laughs> She's all there telling you yeah. how things should be done, and you need to denigrate her in any way that you possibly yep. can. Yeah. Yes, but I think, like, the um, later Kushite queens is a good it is. example of balance of here where we see the trends changing based off culture, based off time. And how very um, interesting that Egypt never mm -mm. got to that place. They never showed a woman of age and of, of fullness yeah. that, that put it in a positive light. Mm -hmm. She has to always be a skinny young skinny, thing. Skinny, skinny, skinny. And like, and I think the way I see it is that the, the thinness is linked very clearly to age. Like, being thin means you're young. Yeah. And being old means you might have fat rolls, like the yeah. scribal or some of the other um, depictions of And being age is good for a man. Yeah. Being aged is bad, bad for, for a, a woman. woman. Yeah. Bad. But it's not like, I'm sure, you know, people are overweight at many ages. Like, there's overweight kids and stuff. But it's, I think, very clearly that it's the youthful skinniness is to denote age not so much actual like physical weight or anything like this i agree so it's interesting any other thoughts on the queen of punt oh it's so complicated i know i mean all we'll say is that we're dealing with the egyptian mm -hmm. emic perspective that seems to be denigrating against this african woman and, and we don't have any other depictions of we people don't that look like similar even close to her no right no and so the copy this... in the in the ramesid period is very it's it's much more positive it's a little... Actually? Yeah. But it still has these weird rolls of they fat on the arms and yeah. legs. Yeah. They but understand it. the grotesqueness. They are communicating that. Mm -hmm. It's not that much more positive. 
and yeah, it's it's a complicated image. I don't think it's meant to be positive to the people of Punta. No, this one description of it is uh, clearly the outlandish size of the Puntite queen fascinated the Egyptian artists, particularly since their own ideal of feminine beauty emphasized the slenderness of the yeah. body. Yeah, yeah, but so yeah, At I don't. Point. That's most of Tristan's um, Samuel's discussion was very interesting, but the part where he thinks that the Egyptians also viewed it as something good, I was like, I, that part I, I'm, I don't quite am, am convinced of, but the rest of it was an interesting discussion and how early archeologists very much were entrenched in their Eurocentric views and just placed that right onto her instantly and didn't even try to like think about it at all. I mean, I will say that the Egyptians are going to this place, wherever Punt is, mm -hmm. Eritrea, Ethiopia, Yemen, I don't know, but they're going to this place not to rape and pillage because yeah. it's too far away, but they are going there to commodify, to take, yeah. to own, and to show the people from whom they are taking this stuff is also a commodification. Well, they show their houses that are on like stilts mm -hmm. and it's like this, I think to the Egyptians is very other it's like it's a 1920s, like land of, yeah. it's like a 1920s National Geographic where you're like, look at Ooh, these, these women images. without, without shirts, shirts on, on and showing yeah. their boobies yeah. and all of this stuff. And everyone's like, oh my God, look at these primitive people. Yeah. To me, that's what this is, yeah. what this is doing. I agree. Yeah. It's like this totally other unknown place. Yeah. Cool. The next topic I want to look at is elderly people. So we've been talking about it a bit. We know that being old was looked down upon. You don't want to depict it. And yet um, not. Yes and, the, and no. Yes, it has a, but not like old, old, like maybe like middle age. But having your staff of old age. Yes. Well, so I have retired. Things, that's right? okay. Like staff of old age for men status, but then like graying hair, hair loss, wrinkles. Um, we see some depictions of people with gray hair. I can think of like Pashadu. Mm -hmm. Is that Daryl Medina? Medina? Yeah, where he shows himself with gray hair in some places and, and not with gray hair in others. In yeah. other instances, the um, the wife, the has, wife gray hair. has some gray hair in her, her hair as well. It's like, how is it functioning the scene? Is he actually trying to show that he has gray hair? Maybe he went prematurely gray, like he could be in his 30s with gray hair. Happens to people now. How is this functioning? Why in this scene is this... It's his own tomb. Is he an artist? And it's also symmetrically depicted. Yeah. I'm not sure about this tomb, but I, I think it's mm -hmm. this tomb where on it one is. side he's got dark yep. hair and on the other side he's got the white hair. So it's and like stages of life. Yeah. Like I here he's young, young here yeah. he's he's old. And the, you have this going all the way back to the old kingdom you where you it, have yes. that. Yeah. And usually it's shown via wigs. Yeah. Right? They do the short kind of cropped wig for when they're youthful and they do the shorter kilt. And then when men are older, they do the longer kilt. Or, or Senemut, yes. Senemut, sometimes he's young, sometimes yep. he's old, and in both cases he's valued, mm -hmm. he's valued. And showing the age of that man, again, you're doing it as ciphers, as symbolic little shows, yeah. gray hair, but he still looks hot and buff. Exactly. He has gray hair, but he's skinny. Yeah. He's, you know, body of a typical 18-year-old male. <laughs> yeah. Of all yeah. the other males, they all have the same exact body Same exact body. Yeah. But he's got some white hair. But he's got whatever. white hair. Yeah, it's but. kind of like when you see all the millennials today with their gray hair. Yeah, making it cool. <laughs> Hot young body, gray hair. I'm like, oh, okay, it looks Egyptian. It and does we look have kind like, of Egyptian. Yeah, we have some love poems and other texts that mention, you know, the peaceful days of old age, idealizing being old a little. But to me, I think they're actually talking about being dead and like afterlife, like peace, like peaceful days of old age 
resting in old age? Are they actually referencing being close to death so you're close to the afterlife where you'll be peaceful and at rest and things like this? Not that like being old is great and peaceful. There's not a whole lot of being old is great. Mm -hmm. And even when, you know, because I just wrote this book, The Good Kings, and I'm talking about power and authoritarianism and how it's presented in a propagandistic style, they rarely talk about old age in a positive way. They might talk about wisdom and having some sort of aged perspective, but that's always couched within the body and being of some ruler who is young and able yeah. to counteract anybody who will come against them. Yeah. It's, and you see this today. You look at a Putin, you look mm-hmm. at Donald Trump, they're always trying to be youthful. Their hair is yeah. perfect or Putin doesn't have as much yeah. hair, fine. But he's always working out yeah. and he'll release pictures of himself, you know, shirtless, shirtless on, a on a horseback, exactly. Yeah. And, and all of these, and, and having all of the young girls, and they don't mind when their liaison, their extramarital affairs are shown, because that makes them look more powerful and strong. Yeah, they can yep. still get it up. So yep. that means they're okay. And, and so it fits. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what the Egyptian kings were trying to do as well. Yeah, I think for men, your ideal age could be more For men within age, a patriarchy. Within a, you could be more like middle age. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Women, it was like just... 18. <laughs> well, then it shows their commodification. As soon as their, their use by date is gone, mm-hmm. they are discarded. Yep. And you see this, for instance, we were talking about Tia earlier. Mm-hmm. Amenhotep III, he venerates Tia. He shows himself next to her in colossal statuary and in reliefs and all of these things. But when she becomes too old and gets to her use by date, mm-hmm. he pushes her to the side and marries two of his daughters. Yep. And those become the great royal wives. And that's the way that royal women of Egypt were treated. They are moved to the side and a new young thing is brought in. Because it says something about the man, in a way, if, yeah, right, he wants to appear all, he's using them to appear youthful for himself. Yes. Right. They, they, they make him look better. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. You don't be hanging out with a bunch of old ladies. You can't have the same old wife. Then you are old. It's yep. what happened with... I don't know, George Herbert Walker Bush, and he's got, he's got his older wife, and everyone's like, oh my God, and she had the gray hair from the beginning, mm-hmm. and people are like, what are you doing? Uh, it's it's a, a look that can be problematic for many. Yes, he was the same age as her, mm-hmm. but that seemed to be very problematic for many, for many, especially on that more right-wing side, yep. that he should have had, had a younger, younger. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and we see gray hair being undesirable in medical texts, too, of there being um, recipes for getting rid of it. And I didn't know this. Mixtures and stuff. But what do they use? I saw a lot of it's like red. So I wonder if it's like henna, oh. like type of dyes and stuff to kind of dye the hair. And charcoal, a lot of mummies show that henna was used yeah. to color well, yeah, hair. Nails too mm-hmm. for coloring your nails and stuff. So maybe people were tr- you know going around doing henna or something to get rid of the gray, look Absolutely. more youthful, and just in Egyptian thought like having hair bountiful hair again being connected to being useful but that that red or black henna it Uh must have been easily apparent yeah but also like wear wig yeah right like just all the elites were wearing wigs presumably but i think still maybe having your own useful hair you're gonna have to take that wig off at some point exactly and sometimes you can see it you're supposed to show it in some cases. People would know. Yeah, exactly. Just the fact knowing, even if it's hidden. You're supposed to show your natural hair mm-hmm. underneath the wig. Yep. In the same way, some places that where you are meant to wear a headscarf within Islamic 
regulations, you can show some of your yeah, hair. Just like the top. Yeah. So that's interesting too. And touching upon baldness. I mean, baldness is a huge problem but for women. For oh women, my God, it like takes away everything. Yes. That, but I think for men, again, for men, it's acceptable. Yeah. And you even have the, the haircut for priests is to be bald. Yeah. And it's a, you know, a very contextual um, situation. But then I feel like in certain instances, instances, we have men shown bald or balding where obviously they're of a lower status. I think most of the time the balding man is of lower status. Yeah. It's a rare thing to show a king bald. Yeah. Rare. Um, like bringing it back to the turn papyrus, right? Those yeah. guys are balding. And those guys, those dudes are. But to show be... part of the hair, if you're, you're, if you're of stature, you're either all bald or you're all, Wigged. you have all hair, yeah. whether it's a wig or not. Yeah. If you're of lower stature, who the hell knows what's you going to potentially whatever happen? Whatever hair you have, yeah. Yeah, but hair is a big deal. But so it can be emasculating in certain circumstances. Yeah. But then, if you're a priest and that's your, that's your work wardrobe, your outfit, then it's. It's totally fine and you know it's the workaround. It. Yeah. It's the workaround. So hopefully, if you're naturally bald, you end up being a priest, right? I mean, I'm sure this is the other thing. Having the razor to be able to cut your hair is a social mm -hmm. separator. So if you're a poor peasant and you have male pattern baldness, you just have to go bald on the top and wait for the rest to fall out. And if it never does, and you dye eighty with like the wraparound hair, then that's I what you if get. They had, like weird hair pieces. Like a toupee. Not poor peasants. Not poor but, peasants. But yeah. the elites, I'm yeah. sure they did. Though we've never found like... one. We found a prosthetic toe. Yes. We've never found that kind of weird hairpiece that just mm -hmm. fills. We just have wigs, right? Yeah. We've never found a male wig, have we? Only female. Well, there's all those wigs in the Egyptian Museum. They're all female. I mean, how would you know? I don't know. I only know the ones from the Met. Merit and yeah, but I like in the Egyptian Museum. There's like a bunch. On display. Mm-hmm. Where? I have a picture of um, top top room top floor, um, like near the like. Of course, Ostracon, you would notice the wigs, and I wouldn't like notice. Near the Ostracon room. I'm always looking at the Ostraca. You're looking yeah, at the wigs. There's wigs in the in the side cases. Oh my god! And they're like, I'll show you. They're ridiculous, like super like baroque. Yeah. Like Marie Antoinette shit. Yeah. Like tall and like crazy. But I'm assuming, and some of them are like the shorter crop, like Nubian ones that I for like men. So I think some of them are for men. Okay. Yeah. But having a, a razor mm -hmm. sharp enough to be able to shave back your head, that must have been something oh, of yeah. great stature. I mean, that's the main argument why we see them right in all the old kingdom tombs popping up. Yeah. But so while yes. you're looking, wigs in and of themselves mm -hmm. are taking from the poor, the hair yes. of the poor, the hair of the young, and giving them to the rich the the old rich the oh my god look at that but even better oh i know this piece it is like super high is it human hair or is it yarn it, I, I was gonna say it, i think it is all human just that's amazing out. but you know with the tight tight curls and everything wigs are taking from other people's yeah. bodies and giving to to the elite bodies. Mm -hmm. And that right there is, um, is everything. It's kind of like, what could you compare it to? 
taking stem cells and giving I mean, it with to how wigs are done today right yeah it's true sell them in china or india, india yeah they sell their hair or donate it to a temple right and i think yeah. the temple sells the hair yeah they do and to make money off of it so and then people buy those wigs and they use those yep. wigs and gain stature from them mm -hmm. and all kinds of things yeah the other thing i noticed of like body shaming type stuff was in early older king early old kingdom with mm -hmm. certain depictions of women with sagging breasts you can see and you can see this in other not just the old kingdom too there's other instances of women like very much i guess post breastfeeding post having children but to denote whether the wife of the tomb owner was older or younger or to denote whether a peasant was it's older a, it's or always younger. peasants yeah these people these women but show so the tomb owner's wife is always young and pert yes. But then you have random women like, you know, the little servant statues from the Old Kingdom. Yeah. She's topless and her breasts are very flat. And they sag. They sag. Super saggy. And there's other depictions of, um, you know, peasant women doing something in the fields or something. And they have these saggy, saggy boobs. And it's just, to me, it's just all of these little things adding up together. Just interesting, like, when they're used in certain contexts and why, you know, why depict that lady with sagging boobs in your tomb only once, you know. And you would never see a woman, if so, if a woman had sagging boobs in, say, late 18th... And obviously 18th, all the women had sagging boobs because by a certain they were point. probably, yeah. they had children, even if but they're not But let's go with like a late 18th century Versailles reality, yeah. right? Yeah. They would have put on their corset and their boobs would have been bountiful and overflowing from yep. their corset and the sag would have been reproduced into something that was youthful and perfected. Mm -hmm. But the women with the sagging boobs who can't afford the nice corset, they're out in your fields, you know, sowing your wheat and potatoes yeah, and only a certain level of status yeah, woman is, is yeah, only she can show that. Useful. Yeah. Yeah. But in Egypt, I mean, there aren't corsets and no. bras and stuff. So they but those dresses, been... one wonders if there was a way with those dresses I to kind of hold everything up. kind of robes and stuff where yeah. they're tied and stuff. I Underneath think the breast. Yeah. And maybe you wear a shift and then wrap around something on top and mm -hmm. you can tie things. And, and if you're not, if you're so wealthy, you're not breastfeeding and you have a wet nurse, do they, I don't know how much like, like all boobs sag naturally, but I think breastfeeding quickens it. So if they're super wealthy and elite and royal and they're not breastfeeding their own kids, would they... I don't know what their boobs would look like. <laughs> I don't know if we could, I guess we could make an examination. We could look at women who actually don't breastfeed and mm -hmm. do formula and if their boobs are better than the women yeah. who, who breastfeed and she what it looks like. Fed. She like, never breastfed? Yeah, I'll be like, how saggy are your boobs? <laughs> hey, mom. We'll, we'll call her up and yeah. ask. Ask my mom. I breastfed for two well, years. Well, it also depends on like, if you're really skinny, you don't have boobs. There's nothing yeah. to sag. So... It depends I'm not on your too body. saggy. I can't believe I'm saying that on a podcast, but it's not but, too bad. But that's why I think it's probably genetic and a lot of other factors like musculature and if you're you got pec muscles. All these I don't things. know if I have pec muscles, Jordan. We do all the I pec guess. Stuff. Yeah. Keeps I don't you, know. Keeps you perky. Maybe, but I'm assuming it's a lot of different factors. Amber, you want to get in here? You have something to say. <laughs> Last thing I want to touch upon. Because I was thinking about talking about disability and stuff like that, but I think that's a whole other episode. It like is. It is. And that's, that is and its own episode. A, a I, we we, we should do it. But I did want to quickly touch upon Tut. Yeah. And these ridiculous depictions of him, like, you know. 
in the body shaming way. In so a body the, shaming the modern way. Yes. depictions of his body as a reconstruction from his skeletal material. Yes. And I hope we show in the show notes we the worst one, one, which gives him an overbite that makes him look like yeah. a, an infantile, silly man. Which and his hips like, that are like... Yeah. yeah, why is he so hippie? They strip him down to his underwear and they show him with pigeon toes that I can't he even like believe. He has a club foot, a cane. Yeah. But why do they have skinny, to make him but naked? kind of fat. They make him like naked. Hippie. Yeah. Like this genetic misfit. For I, our consumption. I mean, here's the thing. The royal family of the 18th dynasty did engage in incest, yes. as the royal family of the 6th dynasty did, as the royal family of the 12th dynasty did. We know that, as the royal family of the Habsburgs mm -hmm. did. So incest is a way of keeping money in the family. It's a way of making sure that you don't have difficult in-laws to deal with. Yeah. No one's saying that Tutankhamun was not a product of incest because apparently his genetics show that he was the product of a brother-sister marriage. I actually argue that he was pro product of a father-daughter marriage mm. in my book, but that's a different thing. Boy, those those genetics, like Are super father, close. daughter, uncle, yeah. niece, would show the same as yeah, sister-brother. They're too close to like make that familial guess. Yeah. So it could be any of those things. It's completely true. Yeah. It's the correct amount of genetic information. They were closely to, related. Yes, <laughs> to also be father-daughter, it would yeah. also work. And... That is problematic to be sure, but when somebody is living in society, even if they are a product of incest, whatever that level of incest is, we don't need to strip them down to their underwear and then depict them in all of their incestual glory for our commodification. Yeah. And we don't even know how the Egyptians would have looked at him or anyone with the, or how we see a disability, right? We put these categories, that's normal and that's you know, outside the norm and therefore othered and bad or something like this. It's like, I mean, he was, once he was Pharaoh, he was the living, he's a god. So anything quote unquote wrong, would that be, the gods gave him these things and could you not, not see it as a disability, um, you know, in a, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. There's all kinds of ways of ciphering this because you do see Tutankhamun leaning on his cane in mm -hmm. many images. This has been commented on yeah. in the well, literature. Well, why he has so many canes. Well, so many canes in his tomb, we'll never know. because he don't does have, an, have a club foot. But we don't have anybody else's tomb to compare yeah, his exactly. canes to. But what we do have is a whole bunch of depictions of him leaning on his cane that we don't have in other yeah. In other depictions, so it does seem or that his in a chair or yeah like that. his reliance on his cane is something real. But like, which president had uh, polio? It's uh, F um, FDR, FDR, right? Yeah, like Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He struggled so much to hide it. Like they went through so many things to hide it, hide it, hide it, and it's because if oh we have a president that's in a wheelchair, like what will that say? Like we're not strong, and all these awful you know, connotations. In my lecture for the good kings, I actually represent him. And I say, even those kings that had bodily issues present themselves yep. in a hyper-masculine way. And FDR loved to show himself behind the wheel of a car mm -hmm. because he was then powerful yes. and strong okay. and able to drive around and they show him waving to all mm -hmm. the people. Why show him in a wheelchair when you can show him behind the wheel of a car Jeez. driving? Yeah. Exactly. So there are all kinds of ways but of... That's interesting though, then Tut or whoever the artisans mm -hmm. choosing to show it, so maybe they're if they're choosing to show it, it's maybe not then viewed as something negative no. or or in this light. No, and you know that the Egyptians would 
laud the dwarf, mm -hmm. would laud the. I was going to touch upon little yeah, people too. Yeah, the I was person. Like, we're just like they <laughs> would with the with the person with shorter legs or a shorter stature, yeah. but that they knew was hieroglyphs. There's that all those dead animals, the exotic animals, are buried around a little person. Oh my god, that that's obviously amazing. had a very high status. They have a very wealthy grave in Dynasty Zero. Surrounded by all these exotic animals. And that yep. that person got that form as a gift of the gods. I mean, there we go back to Tristan Samuel's argument mm -hmm. that you could look, look at the chieftainess of Punt as having that body as a gift of the gods, that she is there as a little person dwarf type yeah. image and that the gods gave her this image and thus we should look upon her in a more favorable light. I see that argument yeah. there because it works for the dwarf. It well, does. and like what Peppy's one mm -hmm. letter about bringing me a dwarf is also from the south, yeah, the so poor, maybe they're the poor they're dwarf. like linking southern, like down south with yes, like this, with these people, this other land. Punt's always like this magical place where there's serpents and you know. But who doesn't feel bad and, for the poor dwarf when they're reading that oh, text? I know, well, but they're like protect him, like don't let him like. Yeah, but they the take boat. him from his yeah, family I mean, and he's super lonely he and has sad. No agency or choice. And then he has to dance for all of like the Egyptians. Yeah. It's awful. It's awful. But that he's, and we have you know best connotations and all these things. So yeah, I think we shouldn't automatically assume. I guess going back to um, the beginning, like what is othered in our culture and like fringe. Um, not every culture would have viewed it the same exact way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but this was fun. Hopefully it makes, I don't know if it makes us feel any better that the Egyptians body shamed just as badly as we did. This is what will happen in a patriarchal society where women are commodified to make sure that we have descent lines for ownership of property. Yeah. This is the way it works. We can't yeah. expect it to be any different until women have more control over scarce resources. As women have more control over scarce resources, their bodies will not be denigrated in the same way. And I think we're seeing that in, uh, yeah, in our society. Changing, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep, because women are earning paychecks. Women are getting college degrees. Huh. Women don't have to get married. Women can have babies or not as they like. Now the catalogs and the the sale of garments is now showing a different body type because people yeah. were like yeah i think they responded to the audience that yeah. we were like this is not and i even see um with airy which is like the the underwear line from yes. american eagle like they show people with disabilities they show people with like ostomy bags and we, they show it's like such a good colostomy bags really yeah. truly mm -hmm. oh my god we also show a lack of underwear and intimate garments that aren't like push-up, uncomfortable, yes. bullshit, That's changing fuchsia too. shit. All the new bras are like comfortable. no padding, yes. no wire, like be comfy. It's not like you should wear this lingerie for your man like all the time. It's, it has to be pink and yeah, red and all of lazy. this stuff. Yeah. Now yeah. it's like you want to be comfortable in cotton. Mm -hmm. Wear this comfy bra. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think hopefully, yes, as we get more resources and money, then the market will respond to what, what we want and not what men are tell us to wear and what we should look like. Yeah, but the market itself will change. So yeah. that'll be, what is the market? Yeah. Well. <laughs> what is growth? What is all of that game? That's its own, that's, that's its own thing. So it's kind of funny what we're talking about now is the change of a feminine form in a late patriarchal culture, but still within a patriarchal marketing mm -hmm. format. And 
it's a confused, it's kind of, it reminds me of Hatshepsut's statue where she's male and female at the same time, the one in the Met, where she doesn't know what to be. She wants to be female, but she needs to be male. What is she supposed to be? And that's where I think we find ourselves yeah. as women. We want to be able well, to still own. still the male is the ideal. The male is still the ideal. Yeah. We want to own being being hot and old and having sex at the age of 57 and what's wrong with that. And yet we're still living in a cultural context in which those things are, yes, we still play, we still play into it. We can wear dresses and be powerful and wear whatever you want. I still don't know many men who put on dresses to be powerful. No, no, never. No, I do not. (laughs) A couple celebrities, but that's it. A couple celebrities. And, and it's more of a shock factor. Than yeah. it is to actually be powerful. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll end on that. Men wear more dresses. Yeah, wear more dresses. Something. You know, even if it's a kilt, maybe hey, we'll so take much it. It's so more comfortable. It is. You get to breathe. Yeah. Everything's Whoa, fine. It's awesome. Bring it back. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. This and was before super fun. Before we go, yes. Quickly talk about our Substack. We have a Substack. Yeah. So many. So of what you, is a Substack? Okay. I have a lot of people being like, "What is this?" Even people my age don't even know what it is. It's not that crazy. A Substack is just a place where we can reach our audience with our writing and our thoughts without being um, dogpiled mm-hmm. upon by people who are like, "Oh my God, you're progressives, and we're gonna we're gonna hate Netflix. on you." And or just yeah. random Facebook trolls and yeah, people who know. try to take over a conversation and be super assholeish about it. Or like, well, actually, yeah, you're exactly, wrong. exactly. Yeah, let me tell you, not professor of Egyptology about Egypt. Yes. So a Substack is a place where we can put our writing out there, and instead of doing maybe one small post, we're going to collect everything together into a weekly post, mm-hmm. and we're going to do like. 10 to 12 of our of my Facebook posts. We're going to put those together yeah. into one Substack. We're actually going to put more information there, more of what we think. It's more of a conversation between me and Jordan and Amber. Yeah. And that Substack conversation will then be free to you. Mm-hmm. And then as time goes on, we're actually going to Plain make our content. Yeah, we're going to ask people to subscribe to our Substacks and then sub Substacks some of those um, posts will be for only paid patrons. Only. Exactly. And this, once you subscribe to sub, uh, Substack, they just drop into your inbox. Uh, they drop on Friday mornings. So you just get them in your every Friday morning. They'll drop in and you can read and comment and like and let us know what you think. And then we're going to slowly build this up, have some maybe guest posts from people. Yeah. I've had some asking if we would be into that. Oh, I love that. So interested in that. Um, we're also setting up the Patreon for the podcast. Right. Um, and also having some, you know, special content, AMAs, live event type things we'll be setting up, you know, ad-free type listening. So I think the live events will be super yeah. fun, especially for the podcast, because we we have a lot of followers now and that'll be great. And Good so when questions. we do and we can just yeah. do like one of these live Yeah, we can you know, do live and, just and watch we... us how we work. We'll have to be better <laughs> about what we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be more controlled. But uh, we can do it. You know yeah. we can. We've done it before. But if we know people are watching us, we'll be <laughs> we, we won't be um, all about, like, the side combo. Doing gosh, <laughs> midway. Um, but, yeah, so we have some things in the works. So stay tuned. Um, you know, to keep apprised of these things, sign up for Kara's newsletter on... Can I say one little thing? Yeah. So the Substack is essentially a way to avoid social media, which is all about ads, 
commodification, getting you to buy the sexy underwear or the Tupperware, or whatever the hell they advertise to you. None of that happens. So it's a way of putting our content out there in a way that's not subverted or controlled yeah, for other interests. Content. It's just about the content. Yeah. And that's awesome. And that's what we would like. And it's also a way of making your email, if you're like me and you get like horrible emails all the time, it's a way of making your email a happier place. Oh yeah. I get, so I'm so happy. I know when like certain sub stacks are coming out and you're like, oh, you know, it's Thursday morning or Friday or something yeah. and you go and you have something fun to read. Yeah. And you don't have to read it all at once. You know, you can come back to it. And, and they post the things they're reading. They're like, this is what I'm reading right yep. now. And some Substacks, I'll work through all six of, or seven or yep. eight or 10 of those things. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best stuff I've read all day. And yep. I haven't felt angry. Yeah, I mean, curating. or if you feel angry, but you're not like being like charged to go look at horrible clickbait. Yeah. It's really nice. We're curating articles yeah. that we have found throughout the week, news, events, uh, anything like that, that we think you guys would like and think was cool too, just like we did. And it's meant to be thoughtful yeah. and not trigger happy yes. and not clickbaity click and not like well, sometimes awful. we'll disagree and give our own interpretation yes. of stuff we're like yes. this is really cool but i don't agree with the you know the speculation of whatever and so i think it's a good if you're so, into ancient history and even modern stuff we touch about touch upon you know a variety of topics but mainly ancient history focused so we're trying to go into a happier gentler way yes. of working with the ancient world that's that's all this is yeah agreed so sign up to keep apprised, appraised of all these things. Is it apprised or appraised? Appraised. To keep, yes. Appraised <laughs> is like appraisal. Yeah, like of an object. Yes. So to keep apprised Which of all these things. Which people write me about all the time. They're like, oh my God, my grandfather found this oh, yeah. in Egypt in 1927. How much is it worth? And I'm like, it's it's fake. not real. <laughs> it's <laughs> fake. You bought it in a tourist shop. Yes. Um, so sign up to keep up surprised yes. of all these new updates, um, but we'll be bombarding socials and keep you guys um, up to date with everything. So. Yeah. But sign up for the Substack because that is out already. Yeah. So. And it's really fun. And there's yep. lots of content out there already. Yep. So there's lots of issues. reading. So if you're like, oh, you know, I don't want to read things on social media as much anymore, but I don't know what to read, our Substack will yep. solve that for, for you. Yeah. It's like a magazine mm -hmm. each Friday. But it's little clicks. It's like, yeah. this is what we're reading. And then you click here and then you go there and you go here. It's really fun. Yes. Yeah. If you like rabbit holes, this is where you go. Yeah. It's cool. And we link everything. Everything's already there. So mm -hmm. it's easy and accessible. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Yeah. We did our housekeeping. We did. So okay. you have been listening to, do you want to say it this time? <gasps> I get it. You get, get it. it. After Lies with Kara Cooney. Oh my God, that's me. And me. <laughs> Jordan Galzinski. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you guys. See you next, See time. You next time. Thank you to our listeners for your support and for subscribing wherever you listen. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with others and leave us a five-star review. Send us your questions related to the show and topic suggestions for future episodes to karakuni at gmail.com. You can find the show notes in the podcast section of my website, karakuniegyptologist.com. For that, thank you, Amber Myers-Wells. There you'll also find info on my books and upcoming lectures. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter to keep up on the latest news and content from me. Check out the conversations that happen after the podcast mic is turned off by subscribing to our Substack after lives after party you can find me on facebook at karakuni egyptologist and on twitter and instagram at karakuni see you next time on after lives with karakuni